Appreciate it very much, Mike, leading that song this morning. That song is a combination of Psalms 100 and Psalms 118. It is indeed a beautiful day, a beautiful morning. I've been allowed here to come here and, and worship God with my brothers and sisters to remember that great suffering sacrifice of our Lord Jesus. Psalms 108, 20, verse 24 says, This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That was one of Sammy's favorite scriptures. If you're visiting this morning and you uh, maybe not uh, don't know me, Craig, uh, lost my wife, Sammy, this last spring after a lengthy battle with cancer. Brother Hugh, one of the elders here, talked to me <clears throat> oh, a couple of months after that probably, and he challenged me. Challenge is probably not the right word. That's probably too strong a word. But he encouraged me. And he was talking to me one day, and he said, one day, when you're ready, you need to share with the congregation what you've learned through this. I thought a lot about that and, and wondered whether, when, or even if I would, ever, I would ever give this sermon. The holidays were difficult. Had an anniversary in December that was difficult. But yet, through that, there was also a lot of healing. When, when those firsts are hard. And there's a lot of people in the audience, I know, that you've lost, lost loved ones. And those firsts are difficult. But yet, getting through those holidays and getting through that, uh, that anniversary, I really, uh, you know, began to feel, to feel better and strengthened. And I, and I just decided I didn't want it to get too far out before I, I gave this sermon. So what I hope to share with you is what I have learned. I worked really hard on the, on the title of this lesson. It's called, What I've Learned. I hope you'll bear with me. Uh, there, there may be times that, that, I, that it may be a little difficult. I may have a pause. And, but if you'll bear with me, well, I, I would appreciate that. And we will, we will get through this together. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may, able, may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. This verse just screamed out at me because I have received that comfort from God. So much comfort. I've received comfort from my family and I've received so much comfort from my church family, from you. And I thank you so very much for that. And as this verse says, as a recipient of this great comfort comes from the God of all comfort. 
it's my prayer this morning and it's my goal that I'm able to comfort anyone that's uh, going through something hard, that's going through difficulties, that has experienced the loss of loved ones. If not, it's my goal, it's my prayer that I will equip you for the tribulation that you will go through. Because you will. You know, half of the married people in here, you know, have either lost a spouse or you're going to. We're all appointed once to die, and after that, the judgment. So these things happen in life, and it's happened to so many of you, and yet you have done this very thing for me. So many of you have helped me so much through all this by sharing the comfort that you have received. And that's my goal this morning. Also realize that we are all very different. You know, some of the things that are, that are helpful to me may not be for you. So I'm not saying that you have to do these things or you should do these things. What I'm sharing with you is what I have learned. And again, it's my prayer, it's my goal, the comfort that I have received that I can share with you. You know, we all want peace. It's something that we long for. We want everything to be going right. You know, when I think about peace, I remember uh, growing up in Turkey, there was a city pool. And I remember that pool, and, and sometimes if you got there early and you were the first ones there, it was covered so the, the wind wasn't blowing in there over the water or anything. It was just like glass. But you know, here comes a gaggle of 10-year-olds. And I remember thinking, you know, I, I want to be the first one to, to get in there and, and, and start the... Start the chaos with my best cannonball. You know, sometimes we, we feel like that's the way peace is. It's something that's so fragile. And the tribulation in this life can just take it away. But not the peace of God. Not the peace of God. Tribulation in this life is guaranteed. But peace is not the absence of tribulation. The peace of God will stay with us. It will continue to be with us and it will continue. We can continue to have peace through the difficulties that we face. 1 Peter the first chapter talks about lots of it tells us that there's all kinds of trials that we'll go through in this life. And there are certainly many. We go through tribulations as we, as we struggle with sin. Our jobs can be very difficult, cause lots of stress sometimes. Finances can be difficult. We can have family issues that are hard. We can experience the loss of loved ones. And it's hard. But First Peter chapter 1 talks about those, but how that they are faith-building and that they must come. And they must. John, the 14th chapter, verse 27, says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it 
be afraid. Christ was trying to prepare the apostles for their greatest trial. It was very, very soon coming that he would be arrested and his great suffering would, would commence his crucifixion and the apostles would be left alone. Christ knew this would be very, very difficult for them and he tells them, let not your heart be troubled. You know, the first part of this chapter, the first part of, of chapter 14 is my favorite passage. Encourage us not, encourages us not to worry knowing that Christ has gone to prepare a place for us and that He's going to come back and get us and take us with Him. Gives us hope, hope of heaven, hope of relief from this world. This world offers false hope. So many people turn to the world when they're facing tribulations. They'll turn to the pleasures of sin. They'll turn to drugs or alcohol, money, prestige, self-help book after self-help book trying to find this peace that never comes because that's not the source. It only comes from Christ. In John the 16th chapter, Christ said, Most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she is no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. Christ tells the apostles, so you're going to weep. You're going to mourn. You're going to be sorrowful. You know, these are God-given emotions. And they have their place. But Christ said, I will see you again. And they indeed would see the resurrected Savior three days after that burial. And you know, everything changed for them after that. We remember how they wept, they lamented, they mourned. Just as, just as Christ said that they would, they had questions. They didn't know how to go on. They didn't know what to do. They were hiding in fear. But the resurrected Savior changed everything for them. Christ said, joy no one will take from you. In this life, we're going to face extreme hardships. But you know what these apostles faced? They faced extreme hardships. They faced violent deaths that we, that we can't comprehend. Yet joy that no one will take from you. And brothers and sisters, no one and nothing in this life can take the joy from us when we find that from Christ Jesus. Verse 33 says, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Christ overcome the world. We're overcomers. And it's a wonderful thing to have that hope and the joy that can come through Jesus Christ, knowing that we can face the tribulations that we face. 
Romans 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sakes we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We are more than those that are in the world that have no hope, that have no Savior, that have no joy, that have no peace. We have those things as children of God. And we can overcome. And we can be more than conquerors throughout whatever tribulation that we face in this life. Colossians, the third chapter, Paul had been instructing the Colossians on how that they should live, how that they should live in Christ. <clears throat> Verse 15, he says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. He said, Let that peace rule in your hearts. In Philippians, the fourth chapter, we're going to get to that in a minute. It says, Guard your hearts. So this peace of God should rule, it should guard our hearts. You know, when I think about something being guarded, I, I think of maybe a very important person or, or uh, precious thing or money or whatever that's well guarded, armed guards who are alert and ready and at the door. Ready to protect whatever is important from whatever threatens. In charge. The peace of God needs to be in charge of our hearts. Because it will keep us. And be thankful, which is such an important piece of this that we'll get to later. Philippians, the fourth chapter. Verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This was a go-to verse for me. During, during Sammy's sickness, and after she passed, he just rang with me and rang with me and rang with me. You know, I'd, I'd tried to apply this before, and, and I have in things and the, and the difficulties that we face in life. But this time I was given an opportunity to apply it like I never have before. Because this was a tribulation that was above anything that I've ever faced. Ian talked about meditating yesterday when he talked to us about meditating on the Word. You know, and that's something that I did. This verse, among others, uh, John the 14th chapter, you know, memorize those things. And when I went to bed at night, those, I tried to make those things the last thing on my mind. Memorize those things. I would go over those things, and I would quote them in my head, and I would think about those things, trying to make those the last thing that I thought about, those scriptures of comfort. And I would, I would encourage you to do that. As we study God's Word and as we learn it and as we learn to apply it to our lives, you know, do that. That's a great way to end the day. 
Memorize a verse that you want to work on that you know that will help you in your life. Meditate on that before you go to sleep. Let that be your ending thoughts to the day. It was certainly a help to me. We need to rejoice. We need to rejoice regardless. In the fourth verse, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Paul was writing this from prison. Now, it's been described in this pulpit before what probably a prison like that would be. It's not like the prisons we have today. This would have been a terrible place to be. Yet Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say, rejoice. Philippians, the third chapter, beginning in verse 7. Paul said, but what things were were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Paul, when he was Saul, he was a Jew among Jews. He was powerful. He had prestige. When he became an apostle, he lost all that. Verse 8, Yet indeed, I also count all these things loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. We've many times associated this verse with, uh, with verses that talk about the, the sufferings of Christ, the beatings, the shipwrecks, the times that he was hungry and cold and alone, sick. He counts them as rubbish. Verse 9, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through the faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul thought as the, the losses that he had experienced were completely insignificant compared to what he had gained in Christ. He counted them as rubbish that he may know Christ. Brothers and sisters, we need to know our Savior. We need to have a close relationship with Him to get us through the difficulties that we face in this life, through the tribulations that we go through. Paul said that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Receiving that glorious resurrection to our heavenly home. That's going to happen for us one day. Christ will do as He said. He's gone to prepare a place for us and He will come back and receive us to Himself so that where He is, that's where we can be. And what a wonderful blessing that that is. Paul goes on to talk about pressing on toward the goal. This should drive us, rejoicing in our heart, should drive us to keep on from one day to the next in our service to God and in guarding our hearts. Another thing I've learned, don't let anxiety rule. 
let the peace of God rule. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Anxious here, the, the King James says be careful. What this literally means is, is don't be full of care. You know, today we use be careful, you know, somebody's leaving our house, and, you know, y'all be careful. And that's a good thing to say. What we're meaning is, you know, be aware, pay attention, drive safely, get to where you're going safe, be careful. This means don't be full of care. I've read that emotions don't make good engines, they make good cabooses. Emotions do not need to be what drives us. There's certainly a place for the God-given emotions that He's, that he's given us. But we need to be careful because our hearts are deceptive. And we need to make sure that those emotions don't drive us in wrong directions. When Sammy passed, I was full of anxiety. Full of care. Lots of questions. How do I do life without her? Including the years we dated, it was 37 years. For 37 years, I was Craig and Sammy. How do I just be Craig? You know, in so many things, you know, how, even just being around people, it, it was Sammy and Craig. Come to a surprise to you, but she was the talker of this duo. <laughs> how do I do this? What do I do with this emptiness? What do I do with the loneliness? With a broken heart. <clears throat> I let myself mourn. I let myself grieve. John the 11th chapter tells the story of Lazarus. Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And this family was very, very close to Christ. Lazarus dies, and the family is mourning. It's grieving his loss. Christ is in another town at the time. John 11 verse 32 says, Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Here we see some very strong emotion from Christ. Whether he was mourning the loss of Lazarus, whether he was frustrated with their lack of faith, we see some extreme emotion from Christ. He groaned in the spirit. He was troubled and he wept. So 
Sometimes we need to let it out. And that was great advice that I was given very early, is let it out. And again, I'm telling you what I have learned. I know that we're all different. But these are God-given emotions, and they have their proper place. But we need to not let them lead us to dark places. We're aware of verses like, Be ye angry and sin not. God-given emotions can get the best of us sometimes. It can cause us to think and say and do things that we shouldn't. But you know, there's nothing wrong with tears. Mourning and sorrow has its place. But we need to keep it in perspective. Earlier in this chapter, Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Brothers and sisters, do you believe this? It should fill us with hope. It should give us that eternal perspective that allows us to get through tribulations and difficulties and the loss of a loved one. I'm reminded of King David. <clears throat> David committed adultery with Bathsheba. The result of that was a child. And that child became sick. And he pleaded, David pleaded with God for the sake of the child. And when the child died, David quit doing that. Got up, cleaned up, changed his clothes, worshipped, ate. Take up the, the story in chapter... Second Samuel 12, verse 21. Then his servant said to him, What is this that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive, but when the child died, you arose and ate food. And he said, While the child was alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, Who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. There were so many prayers by so many of you while Sammy was sick. And I thank you for those. I felt those. So many of those were answered. And the prayers that continued after her passing and still continue. No, when she passed, can I bring her back? Of course not. And I wouldn't want to. Wouldn't want to. She's got it so good right now. Why would I want to do that? I wouldn't. But I can go to her. And I've got what time God gives me to make sure that I can go to her. And by the grace of God, someday I will. Keeping anxiety controlled has everything to do with perspective. Keeping that eternal perspective is so very important. <clears throat> Romans 8 verse 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. 
For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Carnal mind can take us to dark places. You know, I could be angry. I could, I could develop an unhealthy depression because of this. And I could turn to other things rather than God or my church family. That's the carnal mind. I could turn to the world for that false peace that never comes. But in Christ, that anxiety is released and the peace that He offers is given. I learned to pray, pray, pray. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That prayer includes praise. Praise to God. Prayers for others. Others who are going through difficulties. Confession of sin. Requesting forgiveness. All the things that Christ taught us in the Lord's Prayer. It includes supplication. Supplication is asking God for things and for favors. Asking Him for provision. Asking Him for wisdom. Asking Him for healing for those that we love. We can't pray too much. We need to pray continually. Key piece for me and what I learned was to be thankful. You know, my prayer changed when I started doing this. Or <clears throat> I started feeling better when I started doing this. My prayer changed to thanking Him for Sammy. Thanking Him for the life together that we had. Thanking Him for our marriage. Thanking Him for our children. Thanking Him for her that I see in my children. Thanking Him for the influence that she's had on my life. Thanking Him for the wonderful memories. You know, so many blessings from that. Mike led the song this morning. When up on life billows, you are tempest-tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Thank Him. Be so very grateful for our loved ones. You know, while this was going on, I was still working in the school system, and, and for so many years, I've worked with kids that are, that are broken. Broken because they come from broken homes. So little opportunity, so little chance. And yet, I could see how blessed I was. I believe it was Lynetta that shared with me. She said, The sorrow, sorrow 
is the price for love. I thought so very much about that and how true that is. If the love wasn't there, the sorrow wouldn't be there. If I wasn't so richly blessed, it wouldn't hurt so much. But it's worth every tear. It's worth every heartache. They're not even in comparison. The sorrow that's felt can't compare to the wonderful blessing of a wonderful relationship. And when it's lost, there will be sorrow. But it's worth it. I would encourage you, work on your relationships. Work on your marriage. Make them great. Is there a price when we lose a loved one? There is. And there's sorrow. But it's worth it and so much more. Work on your relationships. Make them what God wants them to be. Got carried away, I missed a slide. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Such an important piece of our prayers. Count those blessings. Name them one by one. It'll surprise you what the Lord has done. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of Christ for you. It's His will that we thank Him, that we have grateful hearts. Another blessing, another thing I've learned, is what a wonderful blessing you are. Can't imagine going through this life with its trials without the help, the love, the prayers of my church family. So many of you that have experienced this and have spoke to me and talked to me and encouraged me and shared with me your experiences, thank you. It's like that 2 Corinthians first chapter says, you've experienced the comfort that comes from God And you've shared that with me. And I thank you. You know, for me and the the kids and I have talked about this a lot. You know, thank you for for talking about Sammy. Doesn't make me sad. I like it. I like it when somebody says something or brings something or, you know, a funny memory or whatever. And I know different people are are different and and it may make some people... Uh, you know, uncomfortable. Again, I go back to, this is what I have learned. But it's not a, it's, there may be a tear. But I want that. The last thing I I want is to just pretend like, you know, she, she never was. You know, she was. And she's, and she's still very, very important to me. So when she's mentioned, it's not a sad thing. It's a joyous thing. And I thank you so much for those that have shared with me. In Ephesians chapter 4, speaking of the church and as Christ as the head, 
beginning in verse 15, it says, But speaking of the truth and love may grow up in all things into Him who is head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Mike gave us a, a wonderful lesson last week about, about, being, about making us servants. And you, my brothers and sisters, have been such servants. Your share has been immeasurable to me and my family. And I thank you so much. And I want you to keep doing those things. We need each other. Hebrews 10 says in <clears throat> verse 24, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as a manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Thank you for being here this morning. You have built me up. You have stirred me up to love and to good works. You make me want to be a better brother and sister, a better child of God, because you're here. I encourage you to be here. We all need you. Hebrews 12 and verse 9, Let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, and honor giving preference to one another not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. That's you. And that's what you do. Thank you. Mitch gave us a lesson some time back that I thought a whole lot about. And he shared with us that he had come to the conclusion that his kids needed to be friends with these kids. And for that to happen, him and Chelsea needed to be friends with these people. And as a spiritual leader of his home, he made changes and he made it happen. And this resulted in great spiritual growth for he and his family. Get engaged with the church if you are not. You need the church. The church needs you. I need you. You're going to need the church. What else? Let's... Tribulation, grow hope. Romans, the fifth chapter, verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith and to His grace by which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. If it was easy, we wouldn't need faith. If it was easy, we wouldn't need hope. 
but it's not. It's hard. And we're going to have tribulations in this life. They're going to come. But if we love God and trust in Him and obey Him and engage in the church, then tribulation produces perseverance. And that perseverance will produce character. And that character will produce hope. Spiritual growth. Through the hardest of things that we have to face, there can be spiritual growth. If we love God, things really do work together for good. This is what I have learned. And I hope it's a help to you. I hope it's an encouragement to you. I hope it will equip you for future tribulations that you face. I want to leave you with a closing comment that Paul had for the Thessalonians. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. Never know the minds of those in the audience. There may be those that have never obeyed the gospel. You're not a member of this body and you have experienced the wonderful family that you can be a part of. If you haven't done that and you've been properly taught in obeying the gospel, we would encourage you to do that this morning. You can come forward, you can confess Christ before this audience. You can repent of your past life and you can be buried with Him in baptism and be a child of God and a member of this wonderful family. Maybe you've done that and maybe you have difficulties in your life that you're needing help from the church and you'd like to express those things and we can pray for you. If there are those, we would encourage you to come forward as we stand and sing the song.